Welcome to Radio Worldview. I'm August Tuckabee. This week I will be talking with Bill Jack about the Supreme Court case regarding the Masterpiece Cake Shop and Jack Phillips. This case has made the news cycle a few times now over the last several years, and just now is being heard before the Supreme Court. This case is significant to Worldview for a number of reasons. This case centers around the ability of a Christian artist in the marketplace to be able to turn down making something if it violates their religious beliefs, so it's largely wrapped up in the First Amendment and has strong implications toward liberty. A second reason it is valued to Worldview specifically is because a couple of years ago, our own faculty member Bill Jack thought that the law on the books in Colorado that kept a business from discriminating on the basis of gender was not being equally applied to all viewpoints and was only being enforced against Christians like Jack Phillips. Bill took it upon himself to show this discrepancy, and in the wake of which he was misquoted and vilified in the news cycle for what he had done, even though what he had been quoted as saying versus what he actually said was inaccurate and should not have been printed anywhere as fact. After the media storm blew over, World Magazine printed a story getting the facts correct, and the case was put into an official brief that has now been referenced multiple times in this current Supreme Court case. With all that in mind, join me now for a discussion with Bill Jack about this case and its implications for Christians in our country. Now, you will hear Bill and I disagreeing on some things through this discussion, and I'm attempting to push him to be consistent and fill some holes that I felt were in the initial argument that he makes. It's important to remember that on a case like this, all of us at Worldview are not necessarily on the same page or unified on our stance on this issue. But the reason we're willing to post a podcast like this is because it shows that we value discussion and civil discourse And even if we don't agree 100% on the conclusions, we're still friends, we still work together and share the mission of worldview, but we're also not going to pretend to have everything figured out when it comes to an issue that is complex as the one that is being dealt with in the Supreme Court right now. So we hope you enjoy this and are built up by this discussion. Thanks for joining us today, Bill. Sure thing. I know that um, while it is your delight to be on a podcast, today is not a delightful day. No, I, I think it's a it's a day of mourning in our country because of of the the premise that the Supreme Court of the United States has the jurisdiction, has the authority to tell a baker, Jack Phillips from Masterpiece Cake Shop that he is going to be able to or not to be able to uh, decide what he wants to do with his own business. That he, he's either going to be compelled to participate in an event that is a violation of his conscience, or the Supreme Court is going to say, no, we're going to uphold his right to disagree. And the Supreme Court does not have that jurisdiction. It does not have that authority. This is a sham. This does not belong in the Supreme Court. I don't care which way the court rules. They're assuming authority which they do not have because we have pre-constitutional rights. And one of those pre-constitutional rights is right of conscience. Many people think this is all about a cake. You can take a... Imagine a cake slice, Mm -hmm. a beautiful layer cake, a rainbow cake, if you wish. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Now, the top layer... Well, people think that layer, that, that this issue is all about the, the cake itself. It's not about the cake. Okay. Now, Jack Phillips sells pastries. He sells to everybody. Mm-hmm. He has loyal customers who are homosexuals who disagree with the state of Colorado forcing Jack Phillips to provide 
a wedding cake to a same-sex marriage. And, and so there are people of all stripes on both sides of the aisle on this issue. But this is not about a cake. Jack Phillips did not refuse to serve the same-sex couple. He refused to participate in an event that was a violation of his conscience. Now, which was making the cake or going to their wedding, well, making the cake in, in this one. They walked in, in and they said, "We want you to bake our cake for <clears throat> bake our wedding cake." Yeah. He said, "I'll sell you anything in the store. I just can't bake you a wedding cake because wedding is between a man and a woman." Now, he didn't refuse to serve the customer. He refused to bake to, to participate in an event that was a violation of his conscience. Right. So now people say, well, then it's about his religion. No, it's not about his religion at all. It it's, has nothing to do with his religion. If an atheist baker were approached by a devout Christian couple and said, we want you to bake a cake celebrating our, our son's you know, baptism. Yeah. And he said, well, you know, I, I just don't want to participate in that. That's not about his religion. It's about his, his right to decide whether he wants to participate in an event that's a violation of his conscience. Or and you're saying he should be allowed baker, to do that. Yeah. You're or saying he should be allowed to. a gay baker is approached by a, by a Muslim, and the gay baker says, I don't want to bake your cake. Yeah. Now, which side is going to be, you know, defended by the liberals on that one? Right. So uh, a Muslim baker is approached by a gay couple and said, we want you to bake. Now, nobody would assume that, that a, a black sculptor would be forced to sculpt a cross for a Ku Klux Klan right. meeting. So it's not about religion, and it's not about artistic expression. Even though the courts have traditionally held that that artistic expression falls under the under the uh, cover of free speech, that you cannot be compelled to speak, you cannot be compelled to create something which is a form of free speech. Yeah. So they've held that artistic expression is a subset of your free speech. And so it's, it's not even about artistic expression, even though Jack Phillips views each cake that he bakes as, as a piece of art. Mm-hmm. Okay? He has been um, forced to stop baking wedding cakes because if he refuses to bake any wedding cake for any reason, then he could be fined up to $5,000 per violation. So he's lost $100,000 a year in business over the past two years. He's gone from 15 employees down to six because that is his business. That is his passion. He's, he's relegated to, to making a living selling cupcakes and cookies. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's reprehensible. Yeah. Okay? But it's not even about his artistic expression, and it certainly isn't about free speech. And it's not about his religion. It's not about his religion. It's not about yeah. free speech. You know, it's not about contract. I enter into your lumberyard and I say, uh, August, I want to buy a pound of nails. You say, get out of here. I'm not selling anybody who wears a sweater like that a pound of nails. Everybody recognizes that as, as, uh, as discrimination, unjust discrimination. But if I came into your lumberyard and said, August, I want to enter into a contract with you and I want you to build me a torture chamber in my basement so I can torture puppies. And you say, <laughs> I don't think I want to participate in that mm-hmm. now we have a disagreement yeah and that's what's going on here but a contract you have to have a willing purchaser and a willing provider 
Now, weddings often fall through. 30% of weddings usually don't make it. Like engagements, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. So engagements fall through. Sure. So a wedding provider, like a florist, a baker, or um, a photographer, they enter into contracts to secure the date, and they get a down, they get a deposit, so that even if the wedding falls through, they still don't lose their money because you can't replace a wedding overnight. Yeah. You can't replace that venue, and so that was why these businesses were targeted. And so the government is now going to say, the government of Colorado has said, you will enter into that contract August. You will build Bill a torture chamber in his basement so he can torture puppies. That's no longer a contract. That's called coercion. Right. It's no longer up to the producer to allow his conscience to come into question whenever it's what's being built here. Right, and that's a really it's a really important point because, like I've heard a lot of Christians make that case too of just saying, "Look, it's a product. You need to make the product without any moral, um, well, any morality in it really at all because it's, you're just making a product. Who cares what it's made for?" Right, when the reality is we don't believe that. We right, don't and, believe and, it. and like you're saying, if you take it to its logical conclusion and you look for examples in an extreme case. Well, then the principle has to hold up in the extreme case, yes. right? It has to hold up in the extreme case. And we don't believe that when it comes to extreme cases, right? Because people would say, well, no one's going to come and ask you to build a torture chamber, right? When that's, and that's a fair point. They're not. But they are going to ask you to do things you don't want to do and that you think are morally reprehensible. And we believe that, not that it has to do with religion, but we believe that the, the business person in that sense should have the freedom to say, no, I'm not going to do that. You can go find someone else. Right. Right. And that's all there is. That's all there is to it. Right. But they're being forced to enter into this contract. So those are the various layers in this cake. Yeah. But none of those really are the issue. What is at issue is the cake plate. It is the foundation upon which the cake itself rests. Mm-hmm. And that cake plate is your right of conscience. It deals with liberty. I believe in liberty for all, not liberty for some, because if we don't have liberty for all, we have liberty for none. And so the business person should not be forced to provide a service, to provide materials for an event with which he has a disagreement. He should have the right to disagree. And yet the government is saying, no, you will walk lockstep. You will endorse. You will participate. You will celebrate something that is a violation of your conscience. No one would expect that we would force atheist bakers to bake a cake that is a violation of their conscience. Nobody would expect that you would force a Muslim baker to provide a cake with the Jesus is Lord only, Allah is anathema mm-hmm. on it. Right. And yet Christians are being forced to participate in events that are violations of their conscience. This is a right of conscience issue. This is what we need to understand, that we do not have constitutional rights. We have pre-constitutional rights because we are endowed by our Creator with certain 
unalienable rights, rights which cannot be stripped from the individual, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, pursuit of happiness is an interesting term. By that, our founding fathers meant property. Mm -hmm. And so we should not be forced to give up our property. We should not be forced to give up our lives. We should not be forced to participate in that with which we have a disagreement. So the, the, the cloud that hangs, the fog that's around this issue is all of these different layers. Oh, it's about a cake. It's about religion. It's about artistic expression. It's about our First Amendment free speech. Or it's about contracts. No, it's not. It's about rights of conscience. And we're either going to uphold citizens' rights of conscience, that we are, we are free agents, and we have the right to determine what we, will, what we want to believe. And that should hold true. Christians should be standing for liberty for all. We should be walking liberty bells. Mm-hmm. And yes, I may disagree with the atheist, Baker. Yes, I may disagree with the Muslim baker. Yes, I may disagree with the with the gay baker, the homosexual baker. But I believe they have every right to deny me service based on whatever criteria they wish. The government should not force them to participate in an event that is a violation of their conscience. Yep. They have a right of conscience. Yep. And the really important thing to remember here too is that it, um, number one, it spans across religions, but number two, it spans across um, circumstances, right? So whenever you start having the ability to enforce hate speech or hate crimes or things like this that can sort of start falling into that category, what you have are thought police. Yeah, and th- and that idea. can go across the board. And the important thing is right now is that liberals... Um, and the left are scared out of their minds because they've taken this pr- approach for a long time, and now they have somebody in office that they disagree with. And so that's why, like, it's just been incredible to see, especially a lot of people on the left, their reaction to Donald Trump as he started doing policies. And it's listening to the speeches that he's given. A lot of it lines up with typical libertarian or Republican stuff. It's nothing that's that crazy, but they're losing their minds over it because. He is in power, and they are taking their paradigm for understanding power that's been in place for the last eight years with Barack Obama, and they're putting that on him, I think rightfully so, and they're scared out of their wits about it, right? And so that's why it's really important right now that Christians, as well as people on the left, need to say, okay, look, and the left's not going to do this, but Christians especially need to be saying, look, we need to be about liberty for all, and now that we're in power, we're not just going to lord it over you. We're going to say, this is about liberty for all. I don't think that'll happen, but I think that should be what happens. Otherwise, if we just if we say we need a religious exemption for, for as a baker or right. a photographer or as a, as a florist, we want, yeah, I don't care what you do to everybody else, but we as Christians want a religious exemption well, not for the baker. Go ahead and do what you want to to him. Uh, not for the florist. Go ahead and do what you want to to her. Go, go ahead and do what you want to the photographer. But we as Christian churches yeah. want a religious exemption so that we don't have to be subject to those same anti-discrimination laws that you're imposing on the business owners. Right. 
then we have become nothing more than a special interest group. Yeah, and what you're doing is you're, you're, the church is painting a target on their back yeah. because as soon as the argument can be made, and it is being made that the church is no longer beneficial to America, then what happens is everybody who gets those exemptions gets labeled as discriminatory and they're done away with. And that goes yeah. to nonprofit status, that goes to uh, the media, labeling in the media, I mean, all kinds of stuff as far as that goes. Like you're painting a target on your back that says as long as we can convince the powers that be that we're good, then we're good. But as soon as the regime changes, then all of our names are registered. I mean, it's just like it's just like the Jews in Germany, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. This idea of anti-discrimination. You know, I'm free. I should be free of any discrimination. Is absurd. Okay. We 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 need to understand that this is the way that totalitarianism comes in. Yeah. You know, we should be free of the threat of discrimination. So even language, there's no longer free speech. There's no longer contract law. There's no longer freedom of religion. There's no longer uh, freedom of artistic expression because my artistic expression might offend somebody. So this idea that I should be, everybody should be free of any sign or smell of discrimination and so suddenly you're left not with beautiful cakes. You're left with uh, little Debbie's three-week-old on the shelf. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, that is the problem. So you, you said, you, you just now said two differences in the language, right? Not free from discrimination or we're not free from discrimination, but then you said free from the fear of discrimination? What did, I didn't catch the difference between yeah, those just, two. Yeah, just the idea that, that not only should I be free of any discrimination, but even the threat of it. Gotcha. Even just the sniff of it. Right. We've, so we've so where we are is not that you're free from discrimination, but we have raised the bar to say we should be free from the threat of discrimination. And that's where microaggressions come in today and... Um, things of that nature, right? And the government's job now is they're viewed, they view themselves as the arbiters of what is discriminatory yeah. and that they are their job is to make sure that everybody is free from any discrimination. This anti-discrimination movement is really going to be the death of free speech, free press, free assembly. It's going to be the death of those pre-constitutional liberties that our founding fathers held so dear. If they were here, they would be they would be raising up arms. Mm-hmm. They would be turning over tables. They would be braiding whips and driving the money changers out of the temple. That's why I say these black-robed justices have no authority, no jurisdiction in this matter whatsoever. But they have now assumed that authority. And it doesn't matter which way they rule because they have grabbed the jurisdiction away right. from the people. Right. And people in this country are sovereign under God's law. That's not the case now. Yeah. So I th- that's why I say it's a day of mourning. Yep. So what is the, you know, if the next four years were to hold something, like... I just think whenever you look at our political system and you look at Barack Obama versus Trump and even the fact that Trump was elected, um, I think that that shows the polarization 
of the United States. And the fact that somebody like Hillary was even running, it shows a lot of polarization. It shows a lot of, I mean, we were reading through Frederick Bastiat, the law in our economics class, and just the idea of government and the law just being used as a tool for the strongest interest group, right? And that's what you were kind of mentioning earlier. We become nothing more than an interest group who's wielding the law for our own benefit rather than for liberty for all, yeah, right? Yeah, as Madison put it, we become factions. Yeah. And, and so that's why they split the power. That's why our founding fathers in the Constitution divided the powers. That's why in the Declaration of Independence they appealed to God. Okay. And it's not the people. That's a democracy. That's mob rule. It's not the elite. It is we have liberty under law. And it's God's law. All men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. That's why I keep saying we have pre-constitutional rights. Right. Our Constitution just recognizes them. It doesn't grant them. We already have them. Right, And yet the Supreme Court is poised to strip those unalienable rights away from Jack Phillips. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, Christians are going to say, well, just having baked the stupid cake. Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, he, he should just participate in that to show that he loves people. Yeah. And the answer is, no, you're forcing him to violate his conscience. That is a right of conscience. Just as much as I would defend the Muslim baker who's approached by a, a Jewish couple to put a Star of David on there, on the cake, he has the right not to bake that cake. Yeah. For the government to impose is for the government to say, this is going to be the religion of our culture. Mm-hmm. And currently, we do have a civil religion. It is called secularism. The belief that there may or may not be a God, but even if there is a God, he is irrelevant in your business. Yeah. No, you're free to go to church, but don't bring him into your cake shop. Oh, you're free to go to church on Sunday, but don't you dare practice your faith and bring Christian principles to bear in choosing what events you will photograph. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree with you. So I'm trying to think of a counter-argument, right? And I think the counter-argument to liberty, especially liberty in all circumstances, is that when it will be abused, right? Like when, what about the guy who is a racist, literally, and who whenever a black person comes in and says, hey, will you do this for me? They say, no, I don't serve black people. Well, that's, then that's why, exactly why public accommodation laws in the 60s occurred. In the South, there was a uh, a definite uh, harm done. Mm -hmm. Blacks could not travel because they could not find accommodations, they couldn't find hotels, and they couldn't find restaurants. So they were at a disadvantage. And so public accommodation laws were instituted to relieve that burden. There was a definite burden on African Americans who wanted to travel in the South. Now the problem is we've expanded public accommodation so that everything is a public accommodation. Okay. Now, if everything's a public accommodation, nothing is a public accommodation. Right. And so it's not that this homosexual couple couldn't find a bakery 
that would bake the cake. There were, there were bakeries who volunteered to bake them the cake at no charge mm-hmm. when, when, their, when their case was known. So it wasn't as if there was no other option for them. They are wanting to force a group of people, specifically Christians, to participate in an event that is a violation of the Christian creed and doctrine. And that's called tyranny. That is one faction dominating over another faction. It is, well, we are the majority. We're going to persecute the minority. You will speak our language. You will accept our positions. You will celebrate our sins. So, but I feel like we're not answering... I, I feel like I'm not sure about the answering the question that I was saying. So I'm going to try to answer it a little bit myself, and then I want to see if we can go back and forth on it a little bit. Um, so reading through a couple of the economics books, I think it's Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt in our econ class. He has this really great part about how the market is blind, right? And whenever a great product is made, the market then becomes blind to social injustices and things of that nature. And so in this instance, like with the question that I asked you earlier, you know, if somebody were to, let, let's say, okay, our end goal is liberty for all to be able to turn people down for whatever reason they want. So there is a guy who's racist. He says, I don't serve black people here. Well, then that person could then go out, tell other people about it, raise a public campaign against that person, and then shut the business down. Exactly. Right? And Or they could just go somewhere else, right? right. And if a, they if would be justified owner, in doing so because right. that person's racist. Um, and, frankly, that guy decided to make it an issue of being a racist as opposed to um, not making it issue and just serving him the dang cake, right? right. Um, but the point, the point behind that is that, number one, there are repercussions in the market, and number two, there, are, there is the ability to go somewhere else and all that. So are, there are safeguards where that type of person wouldn't be able to be in business anyways, right? Exactly. And so, but then the question becomes, is the government right in coming along and saying, no, this is an instance where you need to do this? Um, because I would say, uh, should there be laws about racism? Yeah, probably. I think there probably should. But the question then becomes, does that, well, but then that changes, right, to religion, right? Whenever you come into religion, you're coming into a whole different sector um, because, let me, that, yeah. let, me, let me try to clear this. Sotomayor made Do you see, what I'm, do you see yeah. what I'm struggling with, though? I, I know what you're saying. Okay. Justice Sotomayor made a, I think it was, she made a similar argument that in some remote places in the military, same-sex couple wants to get married. And there's only two bakeries in town, and both bakeries decide they don't serve, they don't want to participate in that. They don't, she said, don't want to serve gays. Right. So they're at a disadvantage. You don't make good law to the exception, first of all. You make good law based on general principle. What's the greatest good there? You don't make good law to the exception. Can I drive 65 miles an hour through a school zone? Sure can if I've got red lights on the top of my car and a siren and it's an emergency. But just because I can do that then doesn't mean that everybody can do it anytime. You see the point? Mm-hmm. You don't make good law to the exception. So that, that, is, that is the same specious argument that she's making in this case. And here, here's the thing. 
The government has no business in business. The government's job is to administer justice. So if there is a baker out there who is an anti-Semite or anti-Muslim or anti-Christian and he doesn't want to participate in that event, he doesn't want to bake a cake with a cross on it, then sure, he has every right to do so. And I have every right to take my business elsewhere. I have every right to bring to bear public opinion on his business. Right. And to say, look, I'm going to persuade everybody I know not to shop here. Okay? So once you open this floodgate that the government is going to be the arbiter of truth and morality to the point that it's going to dictate what you as an individual can believe and how you can act on that belief, then what is the ramification for the pro-life movement? Because mm-hmm. the government obviously is pro-choice. Yeah, They're going to shut down everything that is in dissension. That's why the First Amendment existed. The First Amendment was, was written to protect those in dissent. Because religious speech is always in dissent with the culture. Right. We're always speaking truth to the culture. And when we do, we create animosity. We create tension. And so the, the First Amendment was written specifically for religious speech. It wasn't political speech. It was religious speech because Christians would stand and speak against the culture and that would be in the minority. Mm-hmm. We have a right to say to the Supreme Court, you are wrong. Okay. And by the way, it's just an opinion. Theirs are just opinions. Okay, They don't mm-hmm. replace the Supreme, Supreme Court. Supreme Courts, yeah. It doesn't replace the Constitution. Right. So let's go back to your question again and, and ask me the question again because I think there's another point that I need to need to make and... You need to refresh my memory here. Yeah, so just the question being, uh, if there's somebody who is who is a racist and basically says, you know, a guy comes in and says, hey, will you make me this cake? And says, no, I don't serve blacks here. Um, do we say that it's still the business owner's ability, in this instance, to... Uh, to, to deny them service, right? Would we still, would we take liberty that far, right? Um, and I think it's really important to point out, too, that, like, I'm trying to paint you, I'm not trying to paint you as a bad guy. Like, uh, the, in, is it the NAACP? Uh, yeah, National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. No, it wasn't the NAACP. It's the other ones that you... Oh, the ACLU? Yeah, there you go. The ACLU, yeah. right, who, who upheld the ability of people to um, burn the American flag or for neo-Nazis to burn the American flag during the 60s and 70s, right? They took up this case and defended their ability to do that for free speech, right? right. Whereas a lot of people in the United States, Democrats, Republicans across the board, would say that is you shouldn't be allowed to do that. But the point behind it is liberty, right? The point behind it is expression. And Milton, I believe it's Milton Friedman in Capitalism and Freedom, um, talks about the same thing you were just saying, just the ability within a free market economic system of people to be not only free 
in terms of their businesses, but also free in terms of their political activity. Because from that, people have new ideas, they advance new causes, they have new social structures that come, and both of those things have to be in tandem, freedom across the board, in order for um, human flourishing to happen and in order for our society to move forward, right? The ability for people to express themselves is, like you said, especially in dissent, right? And And what we have, what we lack today, sorry, what we lack today is the ability to agree to disagree, right? We lack the ability to look at one another and say, look, we disagree on this issue and I'm okay with that and we're going to walk away from this argument and and we're going to go our separate ways and we're still going to try to convince everybody else, but you and I disagree and we're, we're still going to be cordial about it. What we have instead is you and I disagree, so I'm going to try to punch you in the face, right? With the government. Yeah. I'm going to try to, I'm going to create law to show that you're wrong, which is persecution. I'm going to have the government punch you in the face (laughs) because of what you believe. Yeah. Not because of the way you act, because of what you believe. Right. And and that's why it's a right of conscience issue. And is it reprehensible to, to say, I don't serve Jews? Yes. I don't serve blacks? Yes. Absolutely. But we discriminate all the time. Restaurant owners do not serve those who walk in with bare feet. Right. Okay. They they don't they don't hire employees who have tuberculosis. I mean, there it's not absolute license. It is liberty under law. And that's what we're we're seeing is a breakdown of law, and therefore liberty is going out the window. So uh, again, we we need to stand for liberty for all, under law. Otherwise, Christians are just going to become another special interest group. And when the regime changes, they're going to find themselves without liberty. Yeah. Because I need to defend your right to disagree with me. We can have a disagreement, okay? But I should not coerce you to violate your conscience and enter into a contract to participate in an event that is a violation of that conscience. The government is now saying to you as the owner of the lumberyard, you must enter into the contract to build a torture chamber. No, let's put it this way. You're a contractor. Planned Parenthood comes and says, I want you to build our new facility. Yeah. And you say, no, I don't, I don't think so. And Planned Parenthood then takes you to court and says, hey, he is a bigot. It's legal to perform abortions, and we want the government to coerce him to do that. And that's the word, coerce. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the whole problem. There's, there's no longer a contract there. It's called coercion. And the government does not have the authority or the right to coerce. Neither does the Supreme Court have a right to coerce Jack Phillips to bake a cake for an event with which he has a disagreement. That is tyranny. Right. Yep. yep. Well, there, uh, the, well, the oral arguments are being made today in the Supreme Court. You said the ruling won't happen until... Probably June. June. Yeah, but just in, just in a cursor, I was just sitting here reading some of the comments, and Sotomayor and Ginsburg, and uh, they were just, it was absurd 
to read what they asked, mm. the reasoning that they had, because they're not looking at this as a liberty issue. They're looking at this as he's discriminating. So we should be, the government's job is to make sure we're free of all discrimination. Right. Is that the government's job? Hmm. I don't think so. The government's job is to administer justice, to right. punish evildoers. Jack Phillips is not an evildoer. He just wants to conduct his business according to his conscience. Okay, the atheist, baker. Christian comes in and says, I want you to bake this cake with a cross on it. He says, I, I don't want to. Well, why not? I just don't want to. Yeah. Should he be forced to? Have the same, it's the same standard. Yeah. Yeah, should be. Should be. So now Christians have become second-class citizens. Yeah. And in response, most churches are responding by saying, please give us an exemption. Right. Give us a, uh, a freedom of conscience, or a freedom of, uh, no, it's a RIFRA, a Religious uh, Freedom yep. Restoration Act. Right. So that we are exempt from having to be subject to these same laws that you're imposing on businesses. Yeah. And so what, what, what that sends to the culture is, if you want to be a Christian, go to church. But you can't bring your Christian principles or your faith to bear in the culture. Certainly not in your bakery, your photography shop, your florist shop. Well, you certainly can't bring your faith to bear as a justice that sits behind a bench. You certainly can't bring your faith to bear as an elected official. Unless it's the official religion of the state, which is called secularism. Christians need to realize that, that Christians in Rome were not persecuted because they believed in Jesus. They were persecuted for a different reason. And that reason was there were many mystery religions in Rome. You could believe whatever you wanted to. But once a year you had to take a pinch of incense, stand before a statue of Caesar, and put it in the fire and declare Caesar is Lord. Hmm. Christians yeah. refused to do that. They were persecuted, not because they believed in Jesus, but because they were enemies of the state. Hmm. And Christians are going to face that here. Yep. That's why Jack Phillips is being dragged before these black-robed justices and made to give an account of his faith. They are now sitting in judgment on whether or not his faith is legitimate and valid. That is frightening. Yeah. The state has no business in that. Right. Yeah, Christians need to be on their knees, and then they need to stand up and they need to speak. Yeah. They need to call their elected officials to account. This should never have gone before any court. It should have been before the state legislature. The state legislature did not have the courage to exercise its jurisdiction. Yeah. They kicked the can to the, ju- to the jurisprudence system. And the courts have no business in this. This is a legislative issue, not a court issue. Yep. Um, but I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm livid. Yeah, right. I say. Mad might be an understatement. All right, well, thanks, Bill. No, we'll thank definitely you. be... Um, thanks for helping me think through it. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping Jack Phillips in our prayers and be thinking about this issue and 
I'm sure we'll be talking about it again in the future whenever the ruling does come out. That's all for our show today. If you have any comments about this podcast or questions or things you'd like us to address further, you can email podcast at worldview.org. You can find more information about Worldview at the Abbey by visiting worldviewbridgeyear.com. And you can find more information about a Worldview Academy summer camps by going to worldview.org.